0: Good afternoon, tycoons, and welcome to today's episode of Tycoons of Small Biz. I am here, your host, as always, Austin Peterson, coming to you live from Gilbert, Arizona. It's sunny and 75, but in my office, it is not very warm, so I've got a jacket on. Today is a special recording, I guess, or special episode. Today happens to be Election Day, November 8th. You know, so if you haven't gotten out there and done your civic duty, please get out there and do that. We all need to vote, make sure our voice is heard. If this is the first time you're listening to our podcast and you're wondering what it is that we do here at Tycoons of Small Biz, we are a podcast that's put together by small business owners for small business owners. It is our belief that the backbone of the American economy is the small business owner. They really drive the economy here in the United States. And so we put together this podcast in May of 2020 as a way to prop up the small business owner, give them an opportunity to tell their story and and get their message out there and talk about their successes, talk about their failures, and just give them an opportunity to be heard and, and make sure that uh, their story is being shared. So with that being said, we definitely have a Tycoon of Small Biz on the podcast with us today. We've got Gene, really his name is Gennady. Gene is his Americanized name. So we'll talk about that uh, here in a minute. But Gene Lazarovich coming to us from the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Gene, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Austin, for having us and What a great uh, show and great
1: name, Tycoon of Small Business. You know. I'm, uh, Wanted to be called a tycoon of small business. That's great. So, yeah, and definitely yeah. a special episode today because, yeah, definitely I already voted. So, and I hope everybody goes out and vote. That's definitely a big, big day today. So, yeah, and, uh, definitely, uh, you know, happy to uh, to uh, put in, you know, the vote today. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And I, I think for you, you know, compared to many of our guests, it probably means a little bit more, right? Being able to participate in a free and fair election.
1: That's right. Yes, I, um, you know, I came here, Thirty years ago from uh, Russia, and uh, became a citizen five years later, and uh, definitely uh, proud to to vote every time I
0: can. So, yeah, for sure. So, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, we always start by having our guests tell us a little bit about themselves personally. So, t- tell us your story. I mean, you just mentioned that you you know you're you're a refugee from Moscow, Russia, came here about thirty years ago. But tell us the rest of the story. Let us let us know who Gene is and and what your family's like today. And what happened in the last 30 years? Right, absolutely.
1: Uh, so, yeah, so I came here, um, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, 31, it was uh, 91. October 26, 1991, you know, we came here as a refugees from uh, Moscow, Russia. And, uh, you know, we applied to uh, come here three years before that. So um, in 91, you know, we got approved to come to the States. And about October of uh, twenty twenty you know, 1991, October of about 2024, uh, my mom woke me up and, um, you know, she said, look outside the window. And uh, I looked out and there were tanks on the streets. So basically it was a first coup that uh, Russia had and um, they closed the borders for three days and we couldn't get out. So um, it was uh, quite an experience, you know, already, you know, kind of, we already had visas to go to the States, uh, but, you know, we couldn't get out for three days because they closed the borders, they closed airports, you know they had tanks on the streets you know there was no government for three days and they it was uh, it was uh, really nervous nerve-wracking to um get out so uh luckily um you know we got out three days later and uh, came to um united states with basically a hundred dollars in our pockets came through jfk and then ended up uh, here in pittsburgh which you know we lived here you know already been living here for about 30 years and then um I came here with uh, my mom, my dad, my sister, and my you know my uncles and my uh, grandparents. Uh, you know they passed away already, but uh, so you know it was a big family. It was about eleven of us. And then uh, three years later, you know we decided to open up a company. Uh, you know start getting into um, you know start you know, opening up small business. However, before that, I uh, also got accepted and to go to university, and then I got a job working at the medical center, local medical center, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center here, as a nurse's aide. So basically I was uh, going to school, I was working at the hospital, and then I started uh, my small business in 1994. Um, it was, um, you know, it was not easy. You know, we were just, I was 18, um, you know, and I, at that point I was like 21 when I started my business. So um, it, was, uh, it was just a very, very tough start. You know, we we didn't get any funding from anybody. We went to the bank and uh tried to get uh, loans and uh you know we couldn't get anything because we didn't have any collateral. So you know, they were asking us, what are you guys gonna, you know, use it as collateral? We didn't have anything. So uh, you know, we just started bootstrapping everything from our apartments and you know, it was it was not easy at all. Um, you know, we um, you know, we actually borrowed some money from our parents that we ended up paying back. You know, we were just working from our apartments. Uh, pretty much for about five years uh, until we opened up an office in uh, about uh, 1999 here in Pittsburgh, and then we created you know our own uh, brand, which is called Jeff Store, and then we started manufacturing and building our own storage solutions here in Pittsburgh. So then I got married, and then I have two kids, two seniors, uh, one a senior college, one a senior in high school. And um two girls and um you know one's going to she's going to computer science, she's gonna be graduating this year, and then uh, one is uh graduating from high school. So and she'll be going to university as well. Um so but um yeah, it has been it's been a long, long ride. You know, we've been in business 28 years and it's been a very interesting ride, you know, because uh like I said, you know, we couldn't get any funding, we couldn't get Anything from anybody, so it was just uh, bootstrapping and and going door to doors, really, and you know trying to trying to get the business and trying to get you know get the business going. So
0: it's funny because what you just described is is literally the American dream that everybody talks about, right? And it, it's it's why you know you and your family wanted to come to to America specifically, right? I mean, there are reasons that you wanted to be out of Russia, but specifically to come to America was that you have that ability to build that dream but it's not easy it never is right i mean just because right. it's possible doesn't mean that it's going to be easy that it's going to be you know a walk in the park it's going to be you know beautiful or or you know really a, a fun thing to do all the time but y- you've been able to kind of come out the other side so to speak at, at this point and that that's got to feel you know tremendous
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, like you said, um, I mean, to start out, it's just like I tell people, it's just like you're going into the water and you start swimming, basically, without, you know, learning how to swim. You know, when you get into try to do your own business, it's just you don't know you have like we had no plan, we had no customers, uh, you know, we had no money, we had no anything. And, you know, we just wanted to do it. We wanted to succeed. And, um, this obviously, yeah, just, you know, this country offers an absolute amazing opportunities for everyone to, um, to succeed and to be something and to, you know, be able to, uh, strive and, and be successful. And, um, and that's what we were able to do, but yes, it's, it's a grind. It's every day, you know, I wake up and I think that what are we going to do today? What are we, you know, what, what. You know, what things do we need to do? What, where do we go? Where do we find new customers? Where do we find new partners? You know, what should we do? And, and that's uh, entrepreneurship, uh, you know, it's at best. And I tell people that you can't go to school, you can you know, get an MBA in small business entrepreneurship. Just like we talked about it, you know, even though we, you know, we all, like I, I graduated from college, I took some business classes, but to go through, to actually run your own business, you have to do it kind of on your own. You have to learn on your own mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to succeed, you know, and that's how you do it. That's how you learn. We were able to do it. You know, it it takes time, you know, but it, you know, it's possible. If I can do it, I think anyone can.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think what you've built is tremendous. I mean, along the way, you know, you've been put up for different entrepreneurship, you know, entrepreneur of the year awards and all those sorts of things with & Young, which yeah, is tremendous. I mean that that puts you in a level that is above most, right? So, but before we kind of jump into kind of how things have been built, why don't we just take a step back and tell us exactly what AC and Net AC and NC Jet Store is and does.
1: Right, so um, ACMC stands for Advanced Computer Network Corporation, and uh, we uh, have our own federal trademark jet store, and we build and service and sell uh, data storage uh, subsystems that are used in universities, governments, private clouds. So anything that's data storage related, you know, we build. We build it right here in Pittsburgh. Uh, we burn everything here, and then we ship it out around the country, around the world. Um, so we have some major customers like Department of State, Navy, the Department of Defense. We have our own GSA contract. And, you know, we work with a lot of um, educational universities and uh, schools, K-12s, like Columbia University is our customer, Duke University. And, and we're also now working with a lot of MSPs, managed service providers, and cloud providers that, you know, use data backup, you know, just stores uh, backup devices and production services. We also have a lot of hospitals. So like a lot of uh, what's called pack systems, like x-rays are run on jet stores as well. So, and we actually have a lot of customers in Arizona as well. So we have actually a couple of MSPs in Arizona where you are, Austin. So, you know, we have, you know, we, we have uh, customers around the world. Actually, an interesting fact, uh, we actually have about 55% of uh, UK police for forensics uses jet stores. So we actually have a, a office in UK, in London, um, and um, about half of the, the storage is uh, they're using JetStore uh, for forensics um, to uh, catch all the, you know, criminals, in a, you know, cybercrime and, then, um, uh, you know, other criminals that are, you know, they have to collect data on them. So we work with a lot of, we work with uh, UK police. Well, UK police uses a lot of JetStores as well. So
0: That's awesome. So tell me, the older daughter that's about to graduate from college with a computer science degree seems to kind of fit right into that JetStore uh, spot. Is that, is that the plan or is she going to be forging her own path? She's going to be forging her own path. Uh, she actually accepted uh, an
1: offer in Chicago. So she's going to be moving to Chicago in the summer, uh, but she's going to be working for a digital uh, transformation a consulting firm. They have about 20,000 people. It's a, a worldwide uh, consulting company. There's, she's going to be working in a Salesforce consultancy. So um, but they have customers, they have very big uh, Fortune 500 customers like uh, Walmart and Adidas and Finair. So it's a pretty big company and uh they keep telling me dad, you should have you know taught us how to, you know, what to do is you know with jet store. So we would have you know keep running it. But uh um, you know, I think they um, you know, they're gonna do just just as well, you know, hopefully be successful in their own ways, but obviously well, I'm able to help them in you know any way I can, but uh that's that's going to be interesting, you know, to see, you know, how we succeed because, like, as you know, like you said, you know, I've been doing this for twenty eight years, so we'll see how how the things go. So I'm going to be fifty actually this year, so still young, still kicking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you're just a few years older than me. Obviously, we have the same haircut, though. So.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like the small business tycoons have like the same hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, we, we rub it all off where we're sitting there trying to figure out what to do next to, to right. keep this flow. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's very interesting, yeah, that uh, some some entrepreneurs, uh, you know, like I was listening to the previous one and uh, the guy has some kids that maybe go into the business and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think my kids will probably go in their own path. But, you know, uh, we'll see how, you know, what we do as far as this, uh, you know, exit plan. But, you know, we haven't given much thought about it, but, um, you know, we'll see. We're working on it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, <we'll laughs> sounds like you, yeah, It sounds like you need to go back and read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People again. You got to begin with the end in mind, Gene. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. It's funny, though. I, the older daughter and who knows what the younger daughter wants to study in college, and maybe she goes the same direction, maybe not. But obviously, a computer science degree is not required to run the organization, but It'll be interesting to see because I, I see this a lot. You know, I work almost exclusively with family-owned you know businesses, and they do. They go out and they 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 kind of cut their teeth and forge their own path, and they do certain things. But then a lot of them come back and and say, "Gosh, you know, I gained this great experience. Now I want to kind of take over the family business and 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 work there as well." So who knows? Never say never, right? Right.
1: Well, they, they see, um, you know, they see me, they see, uh, you know, how I run it. They see the, the small business uh, kind of culture, and they see the, you know, the success. And, you know, maybe it will, you know, my like my oldest one, she kind of wants to open up her own company maybe someday. So we'll see how it goes. It's going to be very interesting to see how their past is going to be. My youngest one actually wants to go into law. She actually uh, created a uh, mock trial team and she is a state champion in speech and debate in her school. So she does really well in debating. She can out debate me. And so, <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, uh, we'll see what she does. She wants to, she, maybe she'll open up her own firm. I mean, who knows? But they're very ambitious. Um, you, know, they, the, you know, they do have a good example, I guess, hopefully. They yeah. see me working every day 24 <laughs> 7.
0: Uh, (laughs) i was gonna assume it was their mother
1: but (laughs) well the brains come from the mother so the brains come (laughs) from the mother but uh so yeah but uh yeah my wife she does grant writing for the opera local opera company so but she's a very good writer i don't know where i got the entrepreneur uh skills but i guess i was just born that way so and uh I can't see myself. Like, I I heard your other shows, and you were saying that like, you can't see yourself working for anyone. But yeah, I'm the same way. Like after 30 years, like it's it's gonna be hard for me to work for somebody. But you never know. We'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You you never know. But uh, maybe yeah, consulting or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I have I have a hard time with large corporation cultures and the and the way that that all happens. And so I know they don't want me working there, and I know I don't want to work there. So.
1: Yeah, large corporations be like a maze. I mean, I have friends that work for like large corporations and they're, uh, even though they have all this experience, they've been working at different companies, big companies, and but they're having a hard time like navigating through the system, through the, all these uh, layers of people and politics and all this stuff. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's very tough. So it's like for us, like whenever we have to win a deal, you know, we always say you have to win three piece, price, performance and politics. And uh, the politics for me is the toughest one because uh, I don't play golf. So I got to start playing <laughs> golf. <I think. laughs> so because uh, I think a lot of deals are down on the golf course anymore. So.
0: Yeah, well, I play golf, but not very well. So I don't know that that helps me at all. So, Gene, let's kind of get into the nuts and bolts. I mean, you talk about your your daughters maybe wanting to start their own business. So maybe, you know, we phrase, frame it that way. but. If somebody you're meeting somebody for the first time, what advice would you give to them if they're if they're wanting to open up a new business? Right. You're 28 years in now. So what advice do you give to somebody looking back?
1: I would say probably having a plan or at least some kind of business plan and uh, kind of understanding of what the goals are. Maybe some having some kind of plan would be good and having you know, maybe more advisors and mentors to kind of get you going. You know, when we started, we, we didn't have a plan. So I think that, you know, may or may not help. But, you know, I think, you know, looking back, you know, probably should have had a better plan to how we're going to execute. But also, for me, I had a partner, which, you know, I ended up buying out about 10 years ago. And um, that was probably the best thing I've ever done. But the worst thing I've done was that we, you know, we were like 50-50. <laughs> so, so there was no 51 49 so it took us like eight months to get uh you know my attorney called di- corporate divorce so it was it was it was a rough eight months because you know we couldn't get separated so i would say my my one of, and i i can probably do a business class on like how to do a partnerships but i i would say that please just have you know 49 51 or have a majority, somebody have to have a majority with three partners, you know, then, you know, obviously they can vote, you know, each other out. But having 50-50 is tough. I mean, you could have, you know, we had the 18-year run together, but then after we decided, you know, we realized that we couldn't, you know, couldn't work together anymore. It was tough to separate. So, and, you know, without, you know, without having no paper, you know, it definitely was not a good thing. But, you know, we were young, so we were kind of, you know, I call it young and stupid. So we just did 50-50 because we didn't know we were going to be in business for three days, three months or three years because most businesses, you know, don't survive, right? So, right. you know, we survived for 28 years, but, you know, having 50-50, definitely not a good thing. So, you know, having a plan and then definitely having a good structure, you know, good agreement, um, you know, in place probably would, would help.
0: Yeah, for sure. And 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 just to be clear, you know, for those who are listening and wanting to to take this advice, making wanting to make money and own your own business is not a plan. <laughs> you you got to have more than that, right? You, you you need to and it doesn't have to be overly complicated. I'm I'm a big believer my own personal business plan that I write every single year is one page. I believe that it should be short, succinct, you know, bullet points, whatever you need to do, but there needs to be a plan in place as to as to what you're trying to build and how you're going to build it, right?
1: Right, at least some kind of structure, you know, at least some kind of ideas that you put on the paper that you can follow would definitely help. And yeah, you know, just this is, you know, just because you go into business, it doesn't mean you're going to make money or you're going to be successful. Uh, a lot of people have that perception. It, I think it's it's just a myth. <laughs> so you know, you're you going to work hard. You're going to work twenty four seven. You're not going to have. You may not have a lot of social life. Um, you may not have you might not see your kids for a long time, like uh, as far as like, it, it's it's a big commitment to run business. It's a big commitment. You have a big responsibility because you're wearing a lot of hats, you know, you're doing customer support, you're doing sales, you're doing marketing, you, you go on networking events. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, I have stack of trade shows, things that we've done, you know, every year, four, five, 10 trade shows a year. So, you know, you'll be traveling, you know, you'll be, meeting people. So it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it's, it's definitely, you know, if you can, if you stay focused and, you know, and you, you know, you can execute, then you definitely will be successful, but it, it's, it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. So that's why there's not many entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of small businesses, but I think entrepreneur is different. I mean, even though, you know, like I said, it's just, you can't go to school for this kind of stuff. So it just, it's like, you kind of, some people, they go into business like with a partner and, that's, and then they end up leaving because they just can't handle it anymore. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting some of the, the points that you make. I mean, like I mentioned, Landon and I work almost exclusively with family-owned businesses and, and the dynamics that are involved or you know, in partnership disputes or whatever the case may be, there's, there's so much that's involved in those sorts of things and, and that really can make or break a partnership and a business. And you have to you have to have open lines of communication throughout all of it. And that's really where it ends up, you know, kind of coming off the rails. I mean, I, I don't know your situation with your partner buyout, but like you said, after 18 years, you couldn't really work together any longer. And I'll bet if you looked back and thought, okay, well, if we had been more communicative about this, or we had talked about this before it became a problem, or if I had expressed my frustrations about that to him or her, they may have been, you know, a little bit more open with me and, and we could have worked through that so that it didn't become, you know, an issue. But like you said, I mean, hindsight's 2020. 20. you never know exactly how it's going to work out, but there are certain things that you can do along the way to try to make a partnership as successful as possible.
1: Right. Uh, But, you know, there's also like other dynamics like family, you know, for example, like he had some maybe family issues and then, you know, maybe he decided to go to another state like to Florida or something like that. So, you know, maybe he decided to move or there was a family issue. So there's not only you can have, you know, you can have all kinds of agreements or you can have all kinds of, meetings and communications but at the end of the day there's other people that are also involved like you know the the significant others where they say oh you know paying attention to me you're like 24 7 in the business or mm-hmm. you know um, the kids are not taken care of or i want to go to you know whatever bahamas or you know i just i don't want to be here anymore so there's a uh, you know there's people you know that yeah obviously nothing is forever so you kind of have to choose your partners wisely, but a lot of times, you know, from what I see, I mean, if you see like Bill Gates with, uh, uh, with Paul Allen, you know, a lot of big companies even that, you know, performed as a partnerships ended up being a single person. So it's sort of kind of, you know, it's great to have, I think it's, if you have like multiple partners, maybe more than one, maybe you have five or three or more than two. And it's two, it's just tough because, you know, you're always butting heads, I think. Unless you're completely different, like maybe if you're like an engineer and the other guys, maybe like a more like sales guy, that's different. But if you, and, but then and you have to be on the same page, you have to be kind of pulling it together. You also, that's another thing, like one partner maybe pulling more. So they're like, maybe they're generating all the sales, they're generating all the leads. And other partners kind of like in the background just doing invoices or billing people or you know doing a back office. Well, I can find people for back office, right? <laughs> so um, right. So so you, you have to define the responsibilities, you know. Like if I'm talking to a customer, then you gotta be doing something where you know everybody has to be pulling in the right direction. Everybody has to be going, you know, after goal, after you know, being successful, after stay focused. You know, if you lose focus. That's it. You know, you you're gonna have you're gonna have to drop out. So yep. That's
0: what yep. that's what happened. Yep, no doubt about it. I mean, every situation's different. No situation is perfect. There are things that you can do to offset it, but but you're never gonna completely eliminate the risk of partnership fallout. Um, but it is important to to do whatever you can to mitigate those risks, right? Right. And then the other thing that you mentioned that I found intriguing is, you know, you, you actually use the same verbiage that Landon and I use quite frequently with our business owner clients is that there are a lot of hats that you have to wear, right? Our job, Landon and I's job, is to work with business owners to help make sure that they're taking hats off, right? And they're starting to put those hats on other people. Delegate. Because- yeah. Yeah, you you've got to be able to delegate that. I mean, the, the reality is you've you've built a, an incredible organization, but if your business is heavily dependent on Gene being there day in and day out to run and to be profitable, it's not nearly as transferable as it is if Gene can take six months off and the business continues to grow. Right. That's a challenge. I
1: mean, as well. I mean, exactly like in a small business, it's uh that's the key. You have this key personnel, which is us, the business owners, and that's exactly right. We have to be able to, you know, delegate to transfer some of the responsibilities to our team. You know, that's what I've done. I mean, you know, we, you know, I have a team around me that's, you know, helping me to build this company. And you know, that's, you know, it's it's obviously, you know, helped me to to kind of stay back a little bit and try to to see, you know, what we what else we need to do to grow. But yeah, it's it's very difficult for a business owner an entrepreneur to like let it go. It's like a baby. And that's why a lot of people think of it like, you know, like it's your baby. So like, how do you how do you give it up? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's very challenging, very challenging. Yeah, it's challenging. Most business owners are very type A personalities. And like you said, it, it is their baby and they've, you know, they've built it to this point. But at the very least, you hit a plateau because you're only one person and you can only take it so far on your own. But at the most, like I said earlier, it, it, your business doesn't really become transferable. Meaning you just talked about your daughters wanting to forge their own paths and may not have any interest ever into coming into JetStore. And so right. the way that you monetize this business is to sell it to somebody else, right? right? And if they don't see a viable business without Gene, then it doesn't really become that valuable to anybody else. Right, you have to be able to show a lot
1: of uh, business owners. They have like this, uh, adopted, like they have this dream where they want to go for you know whatever six months somewhere, and then the business just runs on its own. A lot of these um, you know guys that are you know running the businesses now, that's kind of the model they're they're trying to you know accomplish. Well, we'll see if that's going to be you know they hire like a CEO, like a chief operating officer, where the guy kind of runs day to day operations, and then they can stay back and be like a chairman or or like a chairman of the board or something like that um and that's you know that's something that I'm kind of researching and see what can be done <laughs> but yeah you're right because yeah. at some point you know yeah we, nobody's getting any younger so we got to figure out you know for the next <laughs> for
0: the next generation to take over happy to talk to you about that but that's that's not the point of what we're here for today so gene tell me tell me at this point right like we've already talked about this you've been doing Actually, you know what, let's take a quick break, grab some water, we'll hear a quick call to action, and then we're going to come back and I'm going to ask you about what keeps you motivated, right? 28 years in, what keeps you motivated today to continue to to grow and to, to turn this into something great? Please also follow us and then message us on LinkedIn for your no obligation, informal valuation of your business. We look forward to hearing from you, and thanks for listening to the Tycoons of Small Biz podcast. And now, back to today's program. All right, Tycoons, welcome back. We're here with Gene Lazarovich with AC and NC Jet Store coming to us from the Steel City in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where it's 50 degrees today, so 25 degrees cooler there than it is where I am. But uh, Gene... Like I said right before the break, I want to ask you what keeps you motivated today. Right, twenty-eight years in, obviously by all measures, successful company. Everything's going, you know, pretty good now. What keeps you motivated today? I I mean,
1: it's 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 amazing that every day, like I said, every day I wake up, it's just like a new day, and I'm thinking, what are we going to do today, and what's new and exciting is going to happen in technology. I mean, we are obviously are in the hardest uh, kind of field. technology is always evolving. And, you know, we've been competing against some of the biggest titans of, you know, tech. It's HPE and Dell EMC, Pure Storage, Network Appliance. Those are big public companies. We've competed with them head to head for 28 years. And that's just, that drive to be able to compete against these big, big, tycoons or big you know gorillas or the the sharks of the of this you know technology is what drives me every day is just the ability to to compete and be focused and be you know provide a customer service um, and provide a product competitive product to our customers so that's kind of what keeps me going keeps me motivated is the that we are able to survive for so long with all these big sharks around us and swimming us and trying to, you know, eat us. And, but they, you know, they still can't.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So what I hear from that is one, you're a competitive guy, right? You love the fact that you're going head to head with these name brand companies, right? Because yeah. let's be honest, most people listening to- Most people have to- heard of JetStorm. That's right. Yeah, I've never heard of JetStorm, right? So that's, that's pretty cool, I mean, the, the fact that you can do that, but kind of fill us in. I mean, what, how is it that you're able to compete with them day in and day out? What, what is it that right. makes JetStore unique enough to win business against those large companies?
1: Right. So um, obviously, we're not a big company. So our overhead is much you know smaller than any of these companies put together, or we are hundred times, 10 times less than they are, you know, in, in headcount. We don't have all these layers of VPs and you know seniors or VPs, VPs, you know, this and that. We don't have all these departments. So we are able to service our customers at a much faster pace, you know, as far as much faster response times. And of course the value that we provide. You know, we we provide them solutions that that are cost effective. That's kind of the been our motto, our slogan, you know, for all these 28 years, we offer the best price performance ratio on the market. So we'll give you similar product, but at a lower cost. And, you know, because we have a smaller team and we we outsource some of the production, but even though we do make a lot of stuff here, but, you know, some of it outsourced, but everything's being tested here in Pittsburgh and shipped out worldwide. But because we have a smaller team, we have a lower overhead we, you know we're able to provide better value and that's how we're able to compete with all these years against you know all of those um, big big companies and we are you know but we also have to maintain the, the level of support and service as they provide. So we provide like advanced replacement you know we provide four hour two hour response on our emails on our calls. So everything is we provide a similar type of support, similar type of product, but at a lower cost. And but the value is there. And a lot of cost, you know, companies that that have been working with us, like government customers. I mentioned uh, Navy, a lot of manufacturing companies, in uh, hospitals. They've been working with us for ten to fifteen years. Yeah. We have companies that have like ten, like seven. We are on our eighth generation of products. Uh, and they are already been using uh, seven generations of our products. The same customer, so they believe in us. You know, they believe in us, so they keep coming back to us and keep buying Jetstone.
0: Yeah, congratulations! That's awesome. I mean, those types of contracts are are humongous, obviously, right? They're they're large. They're important to your business. One and thing, yeah, they that-
1: they're hard to get. They're a lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> But uh, when you get them, it's uh, it's like an icing on the cake. You know, we call them blue elephants. They come like once a year. Uh, so it's anywhere from like two hundred to $500,000 a contract. And we get like maybe one or two a year like that. Most that's, that's another thing why what kept us going for all these years, that we don't have a single customer that gives us 25% of our business. That's actually a very, you know, very interesting stat. But that's another thing for like a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs that I can kind of mentor. I mentor them. I tell them, don't give one, don't go after one big big contract because if you lose it, you know you're done. So you have to be very diversified, and that's what we've been diversified. That's why we've been uh, through a lot of these dot coms, and you know, a lot of the the, the economy slow. You know, recessions, and people still buying from us uh, because you know, number one, we have a good value. Even now, people are coming back to us because of the. Uh, we, you know, we can offer similar products at lower costs. People still need to store their data, so they come into us. Uh, so that's another you know, thing. Like a lot of people say, oh, you know, you don't do well in recessions. Actually, we do well in recessions because people come back to small business because they're looking for value. So you know, this is very interesting. And also, you know, like I said, don't put all your eggs in one basket. We have a lot of customers, that but they don't. Give, we have over four
0: thousand customers, but there's not a single customer that gave us. 25% of our business. Well, it's funny you mention that because the, the call to action that we just, we just heard for our, for our listeners talks about a business valuation. And one of the inputs that we look at when we're doing a business valuation is customer concentration. It's important. Yes, yes very know, you're important. Absolutely right. You do not want a large percentage of your revenue coming from one or two customers. That's a red flag. That's correct. Yes
1: because you could lose that contract in a minute. It's not guaranteed that you're gonna have it. So you gotta diversify, you gotta go out. And another thing like with our, our customers are very diverse in the industries and in vertical markets. So we have educational, we have like universities that we have manufacturers, you know, we have, uh, also we have uh, guys that do uh, movie, like movie productions and uh, show productions and stuff like that. So, you know, then we have uh, surveillance customers that do video surveillance. So the, the not only do you have to be diversified in your uh, you know customer, but you also have diversified in your customer kind of uh, application in a, in a different from different industries. So yeah. it's like if you're doing everything. Like we had a customer that was doing uh, oil and gas. So when oil and gas went down, they were really hurting, and they were they were telling us, you know, we we you know we have to slow down buying, but you know, and but we had other customers that were giving us business on, that were doing well. So you always have to be diversified, kind
0: of from all over. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of very important. Yeah, absolutely. So you've taken some big risks in your life, Gene. You're you're not immune to risk, or you're not, uh, or you don't shy away from risk. I should say. I mean, first of all, you you came from a foreign country to the United States. You didn't speak the language. You had a hundred dollars in your in your pocket, right? Yeah. And then you started a business, right? But since then, what's the biggest risk you took? The biggest risk I took, uh, I think, um, well,
1: in the past past maybe five years, I mean, obviously, one of probably the biggest things I took was probably open up the company because (laughs) I had no idea that, you know, that I would be sitting here talking to you, you know, for example, because, I mean, like I said, you know, nobody knows how long they're going to survive in business. And uh, just amazing that we we're, were able to survive for 28 years. But in the past, probably five years, you know, I've taken some financial risk. Like we were, we actually landed some money for an MSP who then ended up not doing that well. And then we ended up taking some product back and, you know, we're able to kind of resell it uh, to other customers. Um, So basically a lot of our competitors are doing what's called hardware as a service, basically where you provide hardware to a customer and they, they pay you per month. So it's a recurring revenue. And um, to do that, a lot of people use banks. Well, we decided to be our own bank. <laughs> we, you know, we gave like, a, I don't know, probably half a million at least, or maybe, like maybe even 700,000 worth of equipment to um, a customer, not doing well. So they, luckily we were able to get it back. But you know, my advice, probably looking back again, probably try to use banks or leasing companies in the future. And that's what I've been kind of using now. You know, instead of doing it on your own. Because sometimes you may know the person really well, you may know the company really well, but things may not go well for them. And then all of a sudden, you know, you may end up getting stuff back. And uh, but you know, we take some risks. So sometimes, you know, you win, sometimes you lose. So uh luckily, like I said, you know, we were able to um, you know, sell it to not other customers, uh and we didn't lose as much, but um it was it was pretty it was pretty risky there that we probably took that risk, probably shouldn't have done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, you know, sometimes risks pay off and sometimes they don't, right? And and we have to we have to learn from them. Yeah. But you know, one thing that you mentioned, I think is important to kind of unpack a little bit, right? So early on, no bank wanted to lend to you. You didn't have any collateral, you had no business history, you had nothing to kind of hang your hat on for them to lend to you. Yes. Yeah. But nowadays you do have the they ability,
1: wanna, yeah. Yeah.
0: You do have the ability to get bank financing. And so, you know, I I hear sometimes from business owners and entrepreneurs how proud they are that they have no debt, right? And right. and in from a financial standpoint, sounds great, but the reality is sometimes leverage that is created by using somebody else's money in a smart way is how you really take your business from here to here,
1: yeah.
0: right? Yeah. And so you still have to be smart about it. You have to make sure that it makes good financial sense and you have an understanding of what it is that you're taking on because that's still a risk. You're still taking on debt that you have to pay back to somebody other than you know, if you were to declare bankruptcy or whatever, if something goes wrong. But mm-hmm. you're taking on a risk there still, but that may give you that, that ability to really augment your business by. Leveraging somebody else's dollars to get there. Right. That's correct. And yeah, just exactly what happened. uh, You know,
1: when we went in, you know, from when we started, you know, nobody would give us money. But uh, 15 years later, the bank, our bank came back to me and said, well, we give you $150,000 credit line without personal guarantee, without personal guarantee. And I still have it and I haven't used it. Um, (laughs) it, It's really funny you say that. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's like whenever you need it, you know, you never get it, <laughs> but whenever you don't need it, they'll give it to you. The banks, you know, they, they going after me, you know, all the time, you know, we'll give you all the credit you want, but uh, I have no debt, you know, company has no debt. That's another thing that maybe that's why maybe we didn't grow to be, you know, a $50 million company because we just were conservative in that way because we didn't want to take any investors and VCs and, any, you know, and things like that. So we were doing it all organically. That's maybe good and maybe not so good because, like I said, we just didn't grow as much, but we were successful. Uh, We were successful in our own way and we were able to where we are, you know, without external uh, banks interfering. So, and, you know, kind of being able to be your own boss because if you have VCs, I mean, they're definitely going to run your life. So it's going to be tough.
0: Yep. No, it's not, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's good or bad, right? To be completely debt-free. It's, it's, what are you wanting to accomplish? And what is the smartest way to get there? Right. Right. Now for you, it's not about building the next HP, right? It's about being successful, you doing what you wanted to do. Building a great company with great employees and great culture, and and yes, you've been financially successful along the way. You may not be a billionaire, right? But right. you're doing you're doing just fine. And so it, it's it's not that it's right or wrong. It's just that sometimes business owners tend to hang their hat on that. Well, we're debt free. We don't we've never taken on any outside capital. We've never taken on any financing. We've never done this. We've never done that. And that's great. But that may have held you back if you had a goal to grow to a different level, yeah. that may have held you back right? yeah absolutely. I mean it's again
1: looking back, you know probably you know we definitely could have done you know maybe better you know if we would have taken more debt more investors, more fine you know again, you know capital, then definitely would probably be growing definitely faster or, or bigger or you know but. I think, just like I always tell people, that everybody's going to have their own paths. Everybody's going to have their own kind of, you know, road. And as long as they're going to, you know, they're going to do okay, you know, doing that, and they're satisfied and they're successful and they're, they're happy, I think to, to each, each one of us will have our own paths. Looking back, you know, if somebody told me that I would have done what I've done, I mean, I probably... I probably would have not believed them uh, because, you know, I came with a lot of people here that that probably have not done as well as I have. And there are some people who have done probably better. But overall, you know, if you do well above average, I think, you know, it's, it's good. <laughs> and that's what I tell my kids, that, you know, you have to be above average because this country offers you this amazing ability to to do whatever it is that you want to do. Unlike any other countries, and you know, I always tell my you know my parents made a great choice, great move that they decided to leave Russia, uh, you know, and you know I'm grateful that they you know they decided to to come here because this is a just land of opportunities. It just it really is. It's just uh, you know people people want to come here, you know, every day. Um, you know, you see people you know running through the border. <laughs> So it's, it's really, really, you know, people are so desperate to come here. And, um, you know, I think it just proves that that you can, do, you can accomplish anything in this country.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, that, that's really what, you know, it's all about is it's, it's the land of opportunity. You still have to put in the work to become successful, right? 100%. Yeah, 100%. You just nothing I always tell uh, this
1: story that when people come, you know, from different countries, they always look at me and they're like, "Wow, you came here with nothing and now you are like walking around like, you know, just picking like money from the trees." And I'm like, "No, that's that's not this is <laughs> not money doesn't grow in the trees like that. It just doesn't happen." You know, this is this is a hard work. You know, you you're going to be working 24/7. You know, just like, you know, when I started, like I said, you know, I was going to school, working at the hospital and running my own business. And, uh, you know, when you're on your own business, like it, it's it's small and full time. You know, you're running the people are like, well, when when do you stop? I'm like, I, I think I'm you know, when I sleep, I, I think I dream of something that is going to happen next day. So it, it just it just never stops. It just never stops. Like, you know, some people go from eight to five, nine to five, whatever it is. And then they they stop. We don't stop. You know, we just keep going. We're always thinking about something. So uh, it's a different breed. I mean, the entrepreneur is a different breed.
0: This is the way it is. Yeah, that is for sure. So, Gene, by all measures, like I said earlier, I mean, every success measure you can think of, you've been successful. But for you, how do you measure success? What is a successful person as far as you're concerned?
1: Yeah, so I think it's um, what you have done, you know, after you, let's say if you open a business or if you go to school or, you know, you just have to be kind of satisfied, you know, with yourself. You have to assess yourself, assess your, you know, things that you accomplished and see if if that's, you know, if you're happy with that, if you're satisfied, uh, I think then, you know, you're successful. It's not about money. It's about you know, more of it like success, you know, how many customers you have, you know, how many partners you have, you know, do people recognize you? Do people want to talk to you and take your advice? It just, it's more than just, just monetary things because money is just doesn't buy happiness. You know, it's just a tool, but obviously it helps, but you kind of, it will follow, you know, the, the money will follow, but it's a success. Is more than just monetary things, so it's just a be you being satisfied with what you you know try to accomplish and then hopefully you you know you accomplished it
0: yeah i mean it's it it's really more the way I interpret that is it's more about the input than the output, yeah right yes exactly
1: yeah. it's what you put in is what you you know kind of set to to do and set to you know to 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 kind of accomplish and then hopefully you know, you're satisfied with what you've
0: done. Yeah, for sure. Well, so what's the answer? Are you satisfied with what you've done so far? I think so. I think um, I definitely,
1: you know, with, uh, like I said, you know, when I came here when I was 18, I had no idea where I'm going to be, what kind, like, I had no idea what to expect. You know, I was just dropped off here and I just started going. I created my own path surrounded myself with the, you know, the right people, I think by all measures, I've done better than I expected to do. (laughs) So I I think it's, uh, could have done better maybe, but I think from what, from my abilities, I always tell people, you can't jump over yourself. You know, everybody has a limit. You know, every person has a limit. You just can't, you know, if you decide, you know, you want to go to the moon, it doesn't mean you're going to go to the moon. I mean, some people can, but some people can't. Um, so you have to know your limits, but also you have to push yourself. You know, if you don't push yourself to, to, do, to accomplish something, to, to be successful, it doesn't matter if it's business or if it's just in life, you won't be able to do it. But you have to have that, that drive, that, you know, that passion that, you know, you know, do something
0: and then you'll be able to do it. All right, Gene. Believe it or not, we've come to the end of our time here, and so I just that was thought... great. Yeah, it was very good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a very good conversation. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's almost I like
0: it. I was. I felt like I was sitting right across
1: from you at the table. So just like it was a very, very good conversation. So
0: well, good. Yeah. No, I I definitely appreciated it. So let's close this out with you telling people who are listening that would have you know use for Jet Stores products or. Just want to talk to Gene and, and pick your brain about what, you know, what you've done throughout your career. How do they get in touch with you? Absolutely. So,
1: yeah, they can find me. Um, you know, I'm very big on LinkedIn. I have about uh, 60,000 people that follow me. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. You um, know, obviously our website, acnc.com, jetstore.com. They all go to the same uh, URL, you know, the same location. Um, they, they can email me at gene at acnc.com as well, you know, and, um, you know, they can definitely, you know, go through LinkedIn and message me. So, you know, we have a great website with a lot of information about our products, about solutions we have done, you know, with all the support, uh, that we offer. Um, so, you know, we have all of the, like, all of contacts on the website as well. Then I'll be happy to answer any questions they have about JetStore or anything as far as the mentorships or, small business or anything like that. You know, I can definitely
0: advise anybody if, if they have any questions. Well, again, I, I really appreciate the conversation. I think you've done a tremendous job of, of building a great company and, and really, you know, fulfilling the American dream that you set out to, to fulfill 30 years ago when you arrived here. Thank you so much, Austin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. You've
1: been listening to Tycoons
0: of Small Biz, a podcast for small business owners by small business owners. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Arizona time for an introduction to another great tycoon. And be sure to follow us on our social media channels for links to all of our episodes and great content.